Welcome in, folks. This is Bud Hughes, resident Carnot, and Tim DePasquale, a poster to the stars. Tim, how you doing today, man? I'm good, bud. I'm good. Let's talk about Labor Day for a minute. Right. A well, brief history. Brief history of Labor Day. It's a, you, you first. Know, Go ahead. Federal holiday in the United States celebrated on the first Monday in September to honor and recognize the American labor movement and the contributions of laborers to the achievements of the United States. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. And beginning in the 19th century, as the trade union and labor movements grew, uh, trade unionists uh, proposed a day that would, you know, celebrate labor. Mm-hmm. You know, the blue-collar guys. Yeah, right. And, and they fought uh, that, didn't they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> in 1887, Oregon was the first state of the United States to make it an official holiday. By the time it became official, of an official federal holiday in 1894... 30 states in the U.S. officially celebrated Labor Day. Oh, well, but they only, uh, when when they passed the federal law, they only made it a holiday for federal workers. Yeah, Grover Cleveland, when he signed the, 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 uh, the thing into a federal law, and that didn't set well with the unions, so they started encouraging workers to... Go on strike. Yeah. You know, the 30s were a tumultuous time in America for the labor movement. Well, now we have Labor Day. Yes, we do. And it's a good time to honor, you know, the, like I say, the laborers, the um, the folks that come and fix your air conditioning, your mm-hmm. plumbing, your car, right. and build your houses. Exactly. And, and things like that. Uh, in 1909, the American Federation of Labor Convention designated the Sunday preceding Labor Day as a Labor Sunday. Uh, that didn't catch any tra- traction. And... Uh, some some churches still acknowledge it though. So interesting stuff. Here's the goofy the goofy custom that went on back then. To start a business or better yourself, you took out a loan, you worked hard, and you paid it back. Wow. What a concept. Who would have thought that would ever work? <laughs> well, thank you, Mr. Historian. That was very good. God that's bless good. all you working for. All right, that's absolutely right. Okay, but now that we've talked about Labor Day. What was that car that you sent me a picture of the other day? That, my friend, is a Thunder Roadster. Really? You know what a Thunder Roadster is? No, I don't. Thunder Roadster is an extension, literally, of a Legends car. Remember when they came out with the Legends cars? Oh, yeah, I love those. Yeah, Yeah. they they look like an old 34 Ford Mm -hmm. or or different bodies. And it's a series that was uh, started by Humpy Wheeler. And uh, anyway, long story short, they expanded it to another series of cars that were called Thunder Roadsters. They lengthened the wheelbase okay. and put kind of a indie car looking body on it mm-hmm. with a sprint car sprint car cage, if you would. Yeah. So th- the Legends cars, when you open the door, the cage opened with them. All right. This car is made out of a little heavier material. Mm-hmm. Still uses a motorcycle engine, sequential transmission, and all that. What's going on there is our buddy Bill Nealis loaned it to us, so my grandson can get his SCCA license. Oh, okay. Because he, so, won, he won a karting championship, but he doesn't have a race car, and he wants to get into a a car series. And mm-hmm. he, he took uh, the Allenberg uh, Racing School in the Formula Renault, but he doesn't have a Formula Renault, and now he's got three races in a year to get a, his license. So we're going to use this Thunder Roadster because they run them in SCCA and NASA. Wow. So it's a 1,500-pound so car. So what, what and, size yeah. is that motorcycle engine? I, You know, I honestly don't know. It's a four-cylinder um, water-cooled Yamaha. So um, 
you know, I'm guessing it's a 125, 130 mile an hour car at Road Atlanta. So okay. It'll be good for, you know, getting his license. Mm-hmm. He's going nearly that fast in shifter carts, so that's a different different deal. So that's what that's all about. Okay. We'll keep you updated on that, all right? Here's some big news from Ford, though. They're throwing down the gauntlet. Bill, what does that mean? Do you know what throwing down the gauntlet means? Isn't the gauntlet that metal glove that they used to have the mace on at the end of the thing? So when you challenge the guy in the days of the round table, you'd throw your, oh, okay. your oh, thing yes. down? Because uh-huh. if you challenge slap them you. across the face with that, you could do oh, it some hurt. serious yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought it right. was a, yeah, All right. That's what it was, huh? Hmm. I think so. Anyway. I, don't know. I thought you were going to tell me. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Ford has got a new Mustang that was teased all over the internet as an as a mid-engine car to rival the Corvette. My first thought was, okay, where are they going to put the cylinder heads? Uh-huh, you know right. how big the cylinder heads on a Coyote engine are. Sure. And are they going to maybe install a supercharged Godzilla pushrod engine? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's back up to the this past year's 24 Hours Le Mans. Hendrick Motorsports Garage 56 entry was a supercharged... 6.2 ZL1 pushrod engine Camaro, front engine, rear wheel drive, finished 39th overall. Okay. I think what's going on here is the GT, the Mustang GTD, is the GT3 race car on steroids. The GT3 race car is what's going to race against the Camaro next year at Le Mans, not this supercar. Okay. This supercar is a street legal race car, but it's. It wouldn't be legal in racing because of some of the things that the suspension does. Oh, presently, I see. Well, wasn't it a number of years ago where um, Ford produced a racing Mustang that individuals could buy, and then they had their own series? That that's that's coming out next year. Okay. Yeah, it seems you know we talked about it six months ago, I guess, or something mm-hmm. like that. But this is this is a step above this. This is billed as a supercar. Oh. And it should be. Uh, it's got Activero, which isn't legal in racing. Uh, it's got a trans. What's cool about it is it's got, remember the old Trans Am cars where they flared the fenders? Oh, yeah. You could, you could make a, there used to be a guy that raced at Road Atlanta with an X11 Citation that had flared fenders. Mm-hmm. Now it's still an X11 Citation, four-cylinder car, but it looked cool. But it was flared fenders. X11 Citation. I haven't seen one in years. Well, there's still one roaming around Road Atlanta at SCCA really? events, yeah. But anyway, um it's got inboard suspension. You know, it's using the uh, your pushrod type suspension like they use on a lot of race cars. Um, carbon brakes, active aero, transaxle, 5.2 supercharged dry sump engine, 800 horsepower, and the starting price is only three hundred thousand dollars. Starting wow. price, three hundred thousand. Well, that for was a supercar. Yeah, we can get a couple of those. Yeah, I wonder how much the payment is with a late fee. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask. I think it's cool. It's, it's obviously going to be a collector car. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it'll be on Barrett-Jackson for two or three times that amount, right? million dollars. Probably the first one. Mm-hmm. You know? But it's it's wicked cool. I'm not in the $300,000 zip code. Yeah. Uh, that would That would be more than my house. By mm-hmm. a long shot, and uh, so well, you know, I I was, uh, but I guess uh, we could each p- p- pitch in a oh, yeah, hundred grand. Bill, you 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 in on this? Yeah. No, I'll go with my escape. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, you are. All right. Is that your escape? It's for now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if you need parts for your supercar, 
Uh, where where ain't you going to go? Well, you're not going to go to the muscle car experts at not year that, one. Not that they don't have great stuff. No. But, but they want to help you fix your muscle car. Up, yes. Which is a supercar to you. Exactly. And they are located in Cornelia, Georgia, and provide our podcast so that if you miss any of this great information, you can go to Access WDUN, click the links and hit the buttons and listen to the show whenever you like, or go to your favorite podcast site. And it's all brought to you by the great folks at Year One in Cornelia. And, and they have helped me out a ton. Remember, I, I keep joking that the last... 10% of this Mustang I've been working on takes 99% of the time. Well, that's exactly right. That's not an over-exaggeration. No, it's the details. It's, it's the details. That's the what details we always say when, when someone says they're 90% done. That's the first 90%. The second 90% is much worse because it's all the details. <laughs> the second 90%. Yeah. The second 10 No, the, wait a minute. <laughs> the, the last 10% takes as long as the first 90%. And I, after you're done, after you add the two 90%s up, you're at a 180, and that's about the time you turn around and you just want to run run away from the thing mm. and then at that point it is so perfect that every little flaw stands out like a sore thumb you'd be surprised as i go you know putting more things in the car and assembling things i'll i'll notice a, a bolt that needs the paint needs right. stuff on it knobs on the and dash I, and i can't help myself uh-huh so i'm painting i'm painting bolts you know that i scratched as i was putting the wrench oh, on bud. Stuff oh. like that. It just goes on and, on and on. It never ends. But they've not only got the parts, they've got the assembly manuals. They've got people at the counter, you know, on the phone, know what they're talking about. Because there's nothing more frustrating than trying to put a car together and finding out you need this to do that. Right. Uh, their guys are a step ahead of you. And gals. Yes, they are. It's real hard to do it. <laughs> we'll be right back here, Bud Scratch, on North Georgia News Talk. WDUN. Welcome back into Bud's Garage, presented by Oakwood Tire and More and Complete Auto Parts. Locally owned, nationally backed, and happy to serve you. Our next guest is an author, a friend of Bud's Garage, uh, a military hero, and a hometown hero. He is the author of Roadside Survival, Low-Tech Solutions to Automobile Breakdowns. His name is Walt Brinker, and uh, we'd like to welcome back him. Welcome him back into Bud's Garage. Great to be here, bud. Thanks for having me. I, I was having a moment there. Uh, the title of the book, please. <laughs> roadside Survival, Low-Tech Solutions to Automobile Breakdowns. There we go. What came first, Roadside Assist, 2000 of them, or the book? Uh, the 2000 came first, and then I realized that I needed a book to get the word out to all folks who should have it, and I, I did a book. And I also did a, we a website called oh, cool. Roadside Survival. Well, what's the biggest lesson you've learned from doing Roadside Assist? But 75% uh, of my assists are for tires. Therefore, the biggest lesson has to do with that. It, it is to be prepared to change a tire. And uh, that involves several things, which I'd like to real quickly uh, discuss here. Sure. Have the tools and practice the tire change ahead of time. This way you can know what you don't know or have in order to, uh, to succeed. Uh, first thing is too tight lug nuts. 90% of the time the lug nuts are on too tight. So I advocate having a, what I call a cheater bar, which is a one-inch in diameter, 24-inch long or 30-inch long pipe that you can slip over the end of the lug run channel to give you enough leverage to take those nuts off with. Uh, also, air in the spare. I found that 80% of spare tires are, 
are flat or too low to work. Uh, know the lift points for the jack that you use on your car. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And have, have locking lug, lug nuts uh, that require a key. Uh, keep it handy. It'll be a little device that fits over the lug, the key, uh, the, the lock nut on your, on your car, on your wheel. Have that thing handy so you can always find it. Uh, no rounded lug nuts. Many times people show up with uh, lug nuts that have rounded corners on them. They're not any good. Replace them. Um, have the tires rotated and balanced about every 5,000 miles, sometimes every 6,000 miles they call for it. But this extends the life of the tires. Also, uh, you can identify problems ahead of time like nails in the tire. Yeah. The guy will find when he inspects. So, so what uh, I'm thinking here, Walt, is, you know, even with all the modern technologies we've got, you know, concerning our tires, these problems are your most frequent assist. What, what, mm-hmm. what are people thinking? How, you know, how can you have tire sensors and all that stuff? People just, uh, just forget about their tires once they're on the car? They just don't maintain the tires. I guess that's what it is. I, I can't explain it. It's, it's, it's confounding. Uh, so I would develop, try and develop a habit to check the PSI in your tires on the ground as well as your spare. Just develop that habit, and that'll put you way, way ahead. Well, that's for sure. All right. Okay, Walt, what is the second most frequent cause of assists? Well, we got a tie here. We've got electrical, which involves a loose battery clamp. Uh, if you can't tighten it, insert a piece of paper clip between the clamp and the post and running out of gas. And there I, I advocate having a, a uh, empty gas can in your car that you can ha- get filled up yourself or have somebody else go f- uh, get gas for you and bring it back. And then if you put the gas in the tank and it won't start, I call it rock the car. That, that, that's you open the passenger door and stand on the on the side of the car on the frame and jump up and down and the whole car will rock and the gas will slosh in the tank and find the intake. Incredible! I've done that thirty times. Wow! I hadn't hadn't thought about I that because if you had. if you run 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 one completely dry, especially with an electric fuel pump and that, you can cause real major problems to your car. But oh, you you know, rocking that car and getting it up around the pickup mm-hmm. uh, because some of the some of the fuel pumps actually have a little. Uh, like a coffer dam around them, and you got to get some of the fuel in that little coffer dam because running them dry is what burns up the pumps. Okay, that's, that's, that's very right. interesting. All right, how do how do people react when you when you come to help them? Well, it's a big help to me uh, that I have Purple Heart license plates on the back of the car. Okay, and so more than uh, more than I say five or ten times, mostly women have told me they would never even have spoken to me or much less accepted any help. But they saw the Purple Heart license plate, and that was my key right there. Uh, initially, there's some anxiety, but uh, it's, it's overcome normally by just approaching the person with a friendly demeanor and, and talking to them. Well, you're, you're a highly decorated uh, military veteran uh, from Vietnam, the Vietnam era, and uh, you know that Purple Heart thing is is more than just a plate. You know, the fact that you do this uh, and you you volunteer to go out this and and do this every day is just. Uh, What's the reason behind it? Why, why, do you, why did you decide to just leave the house and go help people that are alongside the road? I, don't, I can't really explain it except that I did it once back when I was at Command and General Staff College at Fort Leavenworth back in 1980. And the reaction I got from the, from the woman that I helped uh, made me think, wow, I've got to do more of this. That, she felt great, and I felt great because she felt great. And I just kept on building on that, and, and here I am. Huh. That's, uh, it's, it's a cool story for sure. What was your? What has been your most interesting assist, Walt? 
most interesting assist, uh, there really are, are so many of them, but I would like to focus on one of them that happened about five years ago. <clears throat> it was a, a, a black, they happened to be a black couple in the Lincoln Continental on I-95. He had a uh, flat right rear tire. Uh, the guy was a very large minister. He was from South Carolina uh, with several mobility problems, and his wife was very slender. Uh, they were going to Baltimore to, uh, for something. I don't know what it was. But I removed the flat tire, and I tried to mount the spare, but I couldn't because the uh, the holes in the spare tire didn't jive with the holes in, on the car. Uh-oh. And so he, the guy told me he got the, got the spare in a junkyard. Well, that's the wrong way to get a spare if you uh-huh, don't have the right uh-huh, spare. Yeah. So he and his wife, uh, with the flat in my car, we drove. First, we went to a couple of local stores, and they were closed. So we called Pet Boys back in Fayetteville. And uh, they said, well, you probably can't make it because we're going to close soon. We have other business coming in. But we took a gamble, drove to Pet Boys in Fayetteville, which is about a half an hour drive from where we were. And uh, they took us as as their last customer before the 9 o'clock closing. Well, we got got back out to the minister's car. It was well after dark, mosquitoes every place, biting like crazy. We mounted the rim on his on his with a new tire on his on his car, and they decided not to proceed uh, to Baltimore to where they were going because of they had had no spare tire, and they were going to go home. And he told me that he would tell his congregation about what had happened. Oh, cool! And that made the whole thing worthwhile. It was, that was just huge. Okay. So that's, that's probably the best example I can give you right there. Well, that that's that's a great story. How can folks get a copy of your book and learn more of these tips? Because we're coming up on a big holiday weekend, and they need to know about uh, things they can do to help themselves along the road. The best way to do it is to go to my website. It's called RoadsideSurvival.com. Go to the website, and there's plenty of places there they can read about what I do, and and and, and they can also order a copy of the book using a link at that website. Okay, so we've gotten a little deeper into the show because of your Labor Day explanation, which we mm-hmm. thank you for. Oh, sure. Uh, and we hadn't gotten to what's going on right now. There's car shows everywhere, Northeast Georgia car shows. Uh, you can check them out on Facebook. Ragtops and running boards, you can check them out also. But in Michelin Raceway, we have the BMW Driving Club, which when I say the BMW Driving Club, that's everything under the Volkswagen umbrella. So really? it would yeah, it would be a BMW, it might be Volkswagens, it might be all the other cars. That, mm-hmm. So if you stop by and, and you know at the racetrack with your car that's covered by the BMW or Volkswagen umbre- umbrellas, I'm trying to say, you know, they'll welcome you in. Okay. You can learn a little bit about it. Maybe you can't run this week's uh, event, but you learn something about it. Watch it, see how it's all you know done. Yeah. And the next time they have one, they have several a year. Okay. You can. Uh, be involved and go around a historic track. With my favorite car. All right. Habersham uh, Car Show. No, not the Habersham Car Show. The Buford Car Show is next week. Mm-hmm. All right. At Buford High School. Right. Because it's the first week in September. And the Swap Meet, Northeast Georgia Swap Meet, will be in Clarksville at the Habersham Fairgrounds. That's okay. where I was going with that. Um, because they had to change the date around for something. Mm-hmm. And instead of being the second week, they'll be the first week. So they will not be there the following week, which would be like the ninth. Sure. Okay. We'll see our friend Brad Ocock hey, at you... the Northeast Georgia Swap Me. Yes, we will. So you, you got all that? I, I've got out. it. I've got it. You got it. Good. Glad I don't care. <laughs> all right. We'll be right back here at Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk AM 550 and FM 102.9. WDUN. Don't go away.
Welcome back into Bud's Garage, presented by Oakwood Tire and More and Complete Auto Parts. Where the pros and the folks who know go for parts, tires, and service. Uh, we have a, a phone question that came in from Chuck. He called me at, um, earlier in the week. He's got a little black Corvette, a C5 Corvette. Okay. You want to know how often they change the plugs and wires on a, on a Corvette or any of these modern cars now. You kind of forget that they have plugs and wires because you don't have to open the hood that much anymore. Right. Uh, his has got 86,000 miles on it. He, he didn't know the full service history prior to him buying the car. So I recommended that, you know, not knowing the history of it, it's got 86,000 miles. Mm-hmm. Change the plugs, but before you do it, get the injectors clean. Now, okay. that, that in itself will clean the plugs, but I still recommend replacing them. But in cleaning and getting the injectors clean first, you clean the uh, combustion chambers. Mm-hmm. So you may as well come clean the combustion chambers, let the car cool down. The technician would do that, obviously. And then then change the plugs and the wires, and it's not a big deal on a Corvette. It's not like our old cars where we had to run the wires all over the place because you've got coil packs. You've got a, a wire that's, you know, 10 inches long and goes from the coil pack to the uh What year models would, would the C5 cover? Uh, C5 would go up to uh, 2006, I think. Okay, all right. I, I think was... 2007 was the first C c6 okay don't, don't quote me on stuff. that i yeah. just think so but c5 was game changer mm-hmm. when they came out with that from the c4 and we actually had a customer with one of those that had three hundred and fifty thousand miles oh yeah and it was still original engine and transmission mm-hmm. i mean it's chevrolet stuff yeah you know? bulletproof yeah right yeah you take care of him if you take and he's care taking of him, care right. of his one thing he did ask me about though we i said you know as long as getting the plugs and stuff checked mm-hmm. and and changed you know, and I, I recommended, you know, you take the Oakwood tire. And uh, I said, you know, when you get that stuff done, have him look at the belts. Oh, Serpentine yeah. belt, because he didn't know the history of that either. And he asked me if is, he asked me if that was the belt that affected timing. No, it is not. Mm-hmm. Serpentine belt drives your accessories. Some cars have what's called a timing belt, which affects your valve timing. And those typically need to be changed around fifty or 60,000 miles. Corvette doesn't have that no. kind of setup. It's got a gear setup. But uh, anyway, they just thought that was a... Uh, oh, that's good. You know, he just reached out, and yeah. those are things off the top of my head. So our Car Care Tip of the Week brought to you by Oakwood Tire and More is get that belt checked and oh, replaced absolutely. if needed. Uh, a lot of times when, when the technician will check it, mm-hmm. um, they, will, they will physically take the, the belt loose from the car, or at least from the tensioner, and it gives them a chance to spin the tensioner and make sure the bearing isn't bad in the tensioner. Right. Because they go bad, and when they go bad, it can get ugly. Oh, yeah. So, And you don't want that belt to break because it drives everything. One belt, for the most part, drives everything. Sure. Best to so. do it while you're having the car service instead of on the side of the road. Uh, absolutely. So okay. check that out, 3120 Atlanta Highway, exit 16, uh, Oakwood, Tire and & More, and uh, see if they can help you out with that. And we thank... We thank Chuck for the call because, uh, you know, we know folks are listening. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, we're here to answer the questions. And how can folks ask us other questions, Bill, and get some answers? Well, they can text us 24-7, bud, at 770-535-2911. We will get to your answer as soon as we possibly can. That's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Back to you, bud. Let's let's segue into this electric John Deere tractor, okay? Okay. This is a, this is a story about a, a, a fellow that has... Farms over 10,000 acres of corn in the Midwest. His property is spread over three counties. His operation is a partnership farm with John Deere. Uh, they, they use, uh, you know, uh, big combines. 
His diesel combines cost over 900 grand each and are traded every three years. And then he's got another 10 tractors, all right? So John Deere calls him up and says, we want you to go all electric soon. And here's a couple questions he had, and it's questions we should be asking, right? right? He's, he's saying, okay, I have, I, have, I have some questions. How do I charge these combines when they're three counties away from the shop in the middle of a cornfield and in the middle of nowhere? How do I run them 24 hours a day, which he does, for 10 to 12 days straight when the harvest is ready to go? The weather is coming. How do I get a 50,000-pound combine that takes the width of an entire road back to the shop 20 miles away when the battery goes dead? Yes, these are all very good. Yeah, so the corn is ready to harvest, all right? Yeah. Corn is ready to harvest. they got to get it at a specific time in a specific time frame because of the moisture content and stuff, so they can't dilly-dally around. Mm -hmm. So he's talking to John Deere about all this, and they get the other end of the phone, gets quiet. I mean, cricket quiet. Uh -huh. And the answer is, we're working on that. Oh, yeah. We're working well, on it. We're that. working on that. Yeah, you right. think so? You're working on it? Well, do you know, and in, in, in that market, there are uh, people who have businesses where they follow the harvest absolutely they don't have farms but they have combines and they have crews and they go from farm to farm to help people get the harvest out on time well how would you in the world you'd have to have another vehicle that's strictly a charging vehicle to be able to charge these why is john deere or anybody else that's building big stuff like this not thinking locomotives why are they not thinking a diesel engine diesel that runs electric. at constant speed, diesel uh, electric, natural gas electric, whatever? Yeah. Why are they not thinking that way? I, it, it, it just beats the heck out of me, but I don't get it. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it was a good read, and, uh, you know, it's, it's an industry that's, that's being held hostage here. Yeah. And so are we. So are wait, we. wait till you go to buy the, the corn and the stuff that, you know, mm -hmm. comes from this harvest. Oh, right. Or, or the products made from corn. Exactly. Or any of the other things. Mm-hmm. Ah, let's, so let's go to something completely goofy. Oh, this next one, bud. Nah. Hitchless Should toe. we save it? <laughs> Should we save it? Okay, Tim, you have got something that's, <laughs> that's well, got you wound up here in, you the, know, in the new car market. We have been talking about the Vietnamese electric vehicle company mm -hmm. called VinFast lately they they came out of nowhere and you know but a new company like that i don't want to rag on these people if they truly have a vision of making an electric vehicle if they've got the same vision that elon musk has and he has produced not only the vehicles but the infrastructure to support them uh, then i'm all for them but you know you've got a lot of subsidy money running around attached to the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Now, this, this, this VinFast company, weren't they the people that were going to build a, a facility in, in the south here? They're and, building a facility now in North Carolina, and, and, and they have mowed down over 100 homes and churches to make a road to this place. As they're developing the land, uh, they're putting a bunch of silt into the local waterways, which people are upset about, but the governor says... This project is moving forward. Okay. So, right. but, you know, what's really telling about this is, is this truly a company that wants to build vehicles and, and improve the planet? Or is this just a bunch of people, money people, that are trying to shake out a little money into their own pockets? Surely not. No, I know. 
So they did this uh, SPAC, spec special purpose, uh, special purpose something company, something acquisition okay. company. Yeah, there, there you go. Okay, so they they start dumping money into this, uh, and, and it inflates the price of the stock, and it and it got up to the valuation of VinFast when they've delivered 740 vehicles to the United States as of the end of June. All of them have been recalled. It's the worst car any auto writer has ever <laughs> driven. But they were valued at $86 billion, twice GM and Ford. And what happens is these the initial investors put their money in, and then as it's, the stock starts to heat up, they pull their money out, they grab their profits. Now it's back down to $46 million. GM is $45 million and Ford is $47, I'm sorry, billion with a B. 47 billion so their stock is but they haven't produced anything so where are we going with this are they truly going and their take on building these cars and marketing them is they were going to sell the car at a lower price and lease the batteries okay uh, yeah okay it, it all sounds so, pretty complicated yeah you know? really it does the investing and uh, uh especially well, especially this is, it goes beyond my abilities to comprehend because I'm, you know, okay. I'm a working guy. Bill, Bill, get the, get the oxygen tank. We're going to help Tim out here before we get into the, the last segment. We'll be right back here, Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk. WDUN. There you go. Welcome back into Bud's Garage, presented by Oakwood Tire and More and Complete Auto Parts. Where the pros and the folks who know go for parts, tires, and service. Okay, Tim, what if you could take your existing hot rod mm -hmm. and make it so you could literally pipe the exhaust into your passenger compartment without harming you or your passengers? What? What? That's crazy talk, bud. Well, let me tell you about this gentleman that I've just learned about, Mike Copeland of Arrington Engineering. Mm -hmm. He used to be a GM employee for 25 years, uh, an engineer. And uh, he has accomplished that feat working with a team of engineers on his vintage Chevy pickup truck. He and his team have been working on this for a couple of decades, okay? So it was before all this EV stuff and everything started. Yeah. Uh, they now have a 6.2 LSA supercharged Chevy engine in his hot rod Chevy truck, running 9 pounds of boost on an 11 and 1 compression ratio direct injection engine. That's a lot of, That's, yeah. a lot of technical stuff. Uh -huh. But what it does is it produces 500 horsepower and at 25 pounds of boost. Now, this is an engine that Chevrolet makes, you know, every day. Right. It would make close to 750 horsepower. It exceeds the EPA reg regulations beyond what is called for in 2035. Wow. No catalytic converters, no carbon, and no gasoline. How do they do it, bud? With hydrogen. Gaseous states, hydrogen. Same stuff that powers all of Amazon's and, Wal and Walmart's indoor uh, forklifts. Not forklifts. Forklifts. Mm-hmm. Now the forklifts use fuel cells. Okay, they're not running combustion engines on the on the hydrogen. They're using a fuel cell, 
and then it's an electric forklift. Okay. Okay. Not like uh, it's it's not like the old propane lift she used right. to you know snort at the warehouse. Uh, but anyway, this is an amazing thing to see if you go to Total Seal Piston Rings website. It's like a thirty-minute video mm-hmm. that explains all about this truck, how they converted it to hydrogen, uh, all the all the goofiness that went with it. It, it wasn't ha- that hard to do, but getting in all the stuff together, it's right. not that hard to do when you got the right team. When you got the right team, and he had worked with Bosch, Bosch yeah, for a long time as yep. a GM employee, and, yep. and they helped a lot with this. But they're going to offer this in the future as a kit where you can buy the the tank the engine uh, he had a, a six-speed transmission and i don't think it would make any difference if you had an automatic mm-hmm. but you know you can buy this this whole setup as a crate powertrain mm-hmm. and put it in your hot rod right so why would we not be able to take you know our newer cars that are direct injection um you know put a hydrogen tank in them sure and run it because when you when you understand what happens to hydrogen and you understand after the video, you know what it, it's not the Hindenburg. If you puncture the fuel tank of this vehicle, and remember we're running around with plastic gas tanks in our cars. Oh yeah. If right. you if you punctured this thing, you would really 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 have to work at it. It's a stainless steel, and not stainless steel. It's an aluminum tank, mm-hmm. um, much like a welding tank, and then it's covered with carbon fiber. Okay. So it's about impossible to puncture. But if you did, what happens to the hydrogen? Poof. Goes up into the atmosphere. Goes into the air. Because that's where it came from. Wow. Got nothing but a little moisture coming out of the tailpipes. It sounds right. You know. All we need is an infrastructure of some sorts. Well, why why can't we take the hydrogen to the the gas stations and put it in big tanks? Exactly. Um, You know, put the horse before the cart. On the infrastructure, and we could run all of our existing vehicles on hydrogen. Well, and if Mike Copeland has figured this out, wonder why the federal government hadn't. Oh, oh, wow! What do you say? You're not allowed to say that. Next week, we're going to talk about a 12 rotor, big block Chevy, kind of sort of. Uh If you can believe that. No, I don't even know what that is. So you're going to know after next week. What's what's uh, what's gnawing at you? Uh, recently uh, in the automotive world. Oh, bud. Do you know what's coming up for auction at Sotheby's? I can't even imagine. Uh, it is a 1964 Ferrari 250 GTO, and the asking price is going to be above $60 million. Why? Well, this is actually, they only produced 34 of these Ferrari GTOs, and this is one of the two that were raced by the Ferrari team. And the last time it was sold, originally in 1964, it cost 6000 bucks, which was a good bit of money. But it sold in 19, uh, in 2018, it sold for $48.4 million. And it's because of its... Why, why can't you and I make those kind of investments? <laughs> yeah, because, bud, we just <laughs> can't. Just, you know, because we, we're still, you know, buy high, sell low. That's mm, us. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's our model. That's, it is. That's basically it is. our model. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. So, yeah, but uh, hey, it's a beautiful car, but $60 bucks. Can I like you the one. I like the one that uh, used to be on 
what did Tom Selleck used to drive? Oh, that was a 308 GTB? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What That's very cool. Show? Bill, what was the name of the show, the Tom Selleck show? Magnum P.I. Magnum P.I. Magnum P.I., yeah. thing he's yeah. around there. You know, funny thing, I was at a shop one time, and they had one of those, looked just like the one that Tom Selleck drove, and they were putting the belly pan up underneath it. It was aluminum all underneath it. Sure. Okay, so the guy's drilling holes to put screws in, and he drills through the radiator tube a tube that's running the uh oh, yeah. antifreeze back to the engine yeah and all of a sudden he drills a hole and when he takes the drill out this stuff starts pouring on the ground and he's dancing around there like oh what do i do what do i do <laughs> Anyways, it was just a comical thing. It wasn't my thing, so, so, uh, so I can. Yeah, you, it was. I've had enough of those things in my time. Oh, that I, well, as long <laughs> as you're speaking of your time, yeah. what's going on at Tim's Auto Apostle? Oh my God, we're so busy. Thank God. But if you need a headliner or a carpet or seats reupholstered, uh, and this is headliner season because with all this heat we've yeah, had, yeah, the headliners are dropping like crazy. Come and see us, Tim's Auto Upholstery, 3568 Beaufort Highway in Duluth behind Howard's Outdoor Power and Hardware, or catch us on the web at timsautoupholstery.com. We will keep you in in stitches. stitches. Now, can I give you a a quick tip? Yeah. Occasionally, you don't always want to, but occasionally you guys get into replacing glass, side glass, or or you have somebody come and do it. We have a glass man that comes in. I found out, as I was working on the side windows of this Mustang, Mm -hmm. Not much that holds them in to a 73 Mustang. They just got a bracket that bolts to the window using special bolts and pads. Mm -hmm. And there's just three bolts, and the thing just kind of dances up and down on this center rod and has some some, um, guides that are bolted to the door that kind of guide the glass. Right. Well, where they come down on the bumpers when Mm -hmm. when the window bottoms out, all of those bumpers are just L brackets. Yeah. And they've... The rubber has been beat to death on these things. Mm-hmm. And originally, it was like you take a flat piece of metal and you slide a, a flat piece of plastic over it and you heat it up and it all becomes one. Right. Well, I, you know, how are you going to fix that? How are you going to replace it? Blah, blah, blah. That was my challenge. You can't buy them. I mm-hmm. found that out. Okay. So I'm at, the, uh, I'm at the store and I'm looking through, I don't know what I was doing, looking for whatever, but I noticed this stuff in a can. It's called liquid electrical tape. Have you ever used it? No, I have not. Well, it's, it's for situations where you can't actually wrap something with the tape. You dab this on and you hit it with a, a heat gun or you just let it set up by itself and it'll set up in the air. Kind of like a Plasti Dip yeah, type stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I find this stuff and it's in black in a can. I oh. laid all these brackets out in the sun, and I painted them with this stuff. I've done it three or four times. Mm-hmm. The stuff levels out from the sun. Yeah. And they look like brand new. Wow. So if you ever get in a jam at the upholstery shop. Well, you know, bud, it's funny that you mention that. When we get into situations like that, I will find myself walking around the hardware store up at Howard's Hardware. Yeah. Yep. Or, or, or even go to one of the big box hardware stores and just wander around and look to find something that I can use to make something out of that closely resembles what I'm working on. Perfect. What you got to do. It's what you got to do. Sometimes it is. But you don't have to do that if you got a classic muscle car because you can go to year one, get the parts you need, and they have helped me a ton on on this Mustang, get the parts you need to restore your American ride, your American performance muscle car, and they are in Cornelia, Georgia. And if you... uh, 
If you miss any of this informative automotive buffoonery, you can go to Access WDUN, click the links, and push the buttons, and get an eight-year-old to help you. And <laughs> <laughs> listen to uh, listen to this week's show as it replays for the following week. Or you can go to Spotify or any of your podcast sites and listen to Bud's Garage or Bud's Garage Overdrive, the podcast. Oh, sure. And uh, year one helps out with all of that. Well, that's awesome. It certainly is. Uh, you know what isn't awesome? I've run as out of time. Again. I don't know how you do that, bud. You just mm-hmm. keep on yakking. Yak, 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 yak. yak. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, remember to keep between the ditches, shiny side up, and we'll see you uh, next week right here at Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk AM 550 and FM 102.9. WDUN. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.